Today, we're going to take the intimidation and the fear out of investing. Yes, you could easily do this. This is the Seven Figures Podcast Smart Money Strategies for Women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is brought to you by Advantage. Need money? Apply for the Advantage Low Rate Home Equity Line or loan today. One of the influential women in Rochester who spent actually the first part of her career working in the financial world, very passionate about motivating other women to be engaged and take control of their own finances, Elaine Del Monte. Thank you for being here with us. Thanks for having me, Sandy. The last time we saw each other, it was uh, at a party that you were actually hosting, and it's kind of fun to watch you work the room. You were mingling, of course, because you were the host, but you were more about making connections and connecting individuals with each other. And you said it, that you are really about supporting other women. I'm like, I got to get her on this podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Um, my background is sales. Yeah. And sales is about connecting and networking and being supportive. Um, you know, my I was a financial advisor for Merrill Lynch, you know, back in the day. And uh, I needed to support, especially women. It's uh, investing can be a little bit intimidating. Yeah. And that's partly my role is to help people feel more confident to venture into something new and exciting. Now, before we get to the the stigma around investing, which I think a lot of people still have it, right? Absolutely. I got to have a lot of money to do that. Or, oh, no, that's way above me. Or one stock or, you know. Right. Before we get there, though, what was it like? So it's in, what, the 90s when you were? Yeah, early 90s. And what was that like? What got you to that point where you're like, yeah, I'm going to be a financial advisor? Okay. Um, I was in Louisville, Kentucky. I just moved there. I didn't know a lot of people. Um, I didn't know what to do with myself. And uh, I went to an employment agency and the woman said, you know, really encouraged me to to break through some of the barriers. So I went and knocked on the door of the largest stockbroker in Louisville, Kentucky at a top floor window office. Wait a minute. Out of nowhere, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. Yep. Were you always that bold? Uh, I was finding myself. I, I, I was finding myself and I really didn't have a problem because they don't know me. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. I don't know anyone. What's the worst that can happen? They can say no. And uh, I heard that he worked very, very early in the morning. So I arrived at 630 in the morning, knocked on his door, said, I'll work for free till you hire me. And within three months, he hired me. And within a year, I was licensed stockbroker with uh, Prudential. Wow. Yeah. Is it the way you think we should all treat every uncomfortable situation? Ah, What's the worst that can happen? There's a lot of that. Once you get past that stigma, because it, I think um, we can make things bigger than yeah. they are. Um, Especially women. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if, if you could have some, uh, the understanding that you're going to try something and the worst that can happen to you is really not that bad. Yeah. It, it takes out the, you know, the scary part. You can walk in and have fun with it, maybe. Um, it, it certainly helped me in sales because... In sales, you might have 100 good leads. Only one of them might turn into an account. So that's yeah. a lot of no's. Mm-hmm. And in those days, we did cold calling. So there was a lot of that. You got over all of that pretty quickly, um, especially with cold calling. Were you always interested in finance, in money? Uh, I did a lot of uh, bookkeeping and accounting. And I, and I found okay. that I have a big interest in numbers. I like numbers. Okay, see, I was just going to ask you that. Now let's overcome the stigma Yes. around finances 
And that is one of the stigmas. You have to know numbers. Yeah. Well, people say, well, I I don't like math. Right. And it's very different. Um, Investing is very different than math, Mm. so to speak. Um, Investing is about, you know, looking at something you could almost look at it as like a game. You know, you, you want to enter it. How do you enter it? You knowledge, confidence, understanding what you're doing, understanding a goal will really take the bite out of the math part. So, you know, you're a young person. It's very difficult to understand, well, when am I supposed to start saving? You know, because in the yeah. beginning, you can't save. I mean, a very yeah. few percentages yeah. is able to save in the beginning. Uh, so when does that happen? How does that happen? And um, I think if you can go into it and look at it like a puzzle, like a game, like, okay, let's let's understand the rules. Let's look at the market. And having someone um, sit down with you and discuss your goals and learn some of the basic rules of investing, which will take the scary part out of it. It's funny because I think there are a lot of people who are investing and don't consider themselves as investors. You know, if you are in a 401k plan, you're an investor. Or if you have a high deductible plan, your health savings account for a lot of companies, they offer the option to invest that money. That's correct. So I think we have to re think about the way we perceive the idea of investing. It you know, it can get back into the stereotypes like, um, oh, CBD oil, you know, you know it, it, the new pot market. Let's yeah. say, you know, that's one angle of investing. That's the very high end risky Tesla. You know, yeah. those are high end scary, but they're the sexy ones. They're the ones that mm-hmm. people talk about. But investing in the market is actually can be done very conservatively and it can be done very safely. And it's uh, if you understand your goals. If you, if I talk to you and I say, well, Sandy, you want to put $10,000 in the market in a year from now, if it's worth $9,000, are you going to be okay with that? And if you tell me no, then I know that you're not a a good person to be in the stock market. You can't (laughs) handle, you know, you can't handle the volatility, but I can't have emotion. Well, you, it, the market is emotion. It's fear and greed. But if you could understand that in a 20 year period, there's never been a part in the market that didn't make money. So if you say, but I say, Sandy, you told me you're not, you don't want this money for 20 years. You know, it, yeah. that takes the scary part out of it. The, the one-year volatility becomes not as bumpy because you understand your time horizon could be 10 yeah. years, could be 20 years. Um, and if you're okay with over 20 years, if I got 7% growth, I'm fine with that. I don't need 20% every year. It doesn't happen that way. might happen one year. Yeah. But yeah. it's not going to happen consistently that way. So they're going to be down years. Last year, the market did 22%. It's not going to do that every year. Yeah, this is so abnormal. Isn't it interesting that there's a lot of people who work in the industry and they could say, hey, I have 10 years under my belt, but they have yet to see the a down lows market. that you have seen. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, there there was a lot of the, you know, you know, there was a lot of periods where we, you know, markets were rocked and, um if for a steady investor, for a very confident investor, that's when you you put more money into it. Yeah. Um. It, it but it's it's difficult to do, and you know the recession certainly was a tough one. You know when the market crashed. Um. Yet had had you held, you would have made you would have been back. fine. It's mm-hmm. a long term. So now just walk us through, not entirely, but just a little bit. So if somebody's listening and they're like, okay, I can do this, because uh-huh. Elaine said I can do this. What's the first step? So the, there's, there's two different trains of thoughts here. So 
people have um, investment advisors, and some people want to do it on their own. So you need to decide which one you're more comfortable with. Um, if if you go with an advisor, uh, the advisor needs to spend some time going, let me understand you. Let me understand your goals. Let me understand how much you understand about the market because I'm not going to sell you something that you don't, you know, I'm not going to short the market with you if you don't know what that means. Yeah. So they, that's one of the beauties of an investment advisor is they can, they will know their client. In fact, by law, they have to know their client. They have to recommend appropriate things. And if you want to go it on your own, just promise yourself you're going to be diligent. You're going to watch it. You're not going to just ignore it. Um, you're not going to just throw it into something and then never look at it again. Um, Would you say, though, it's good not to watch it when it's going down, though? Because that's where people, I think, get really nervous and they pull true. out prematurely. That's very true. So that's that's a good point. Um because you hear the news stories, and of course, the people in the news, they make it sound like it's, oh my gosh, hysteria. <laughs> well, and the market is so high right now, you're going to see three, 400 points sure, swings, which sure, is, but still scare us. You know, even yeah. though it's a very small percentage of the market, it, it, you know, back in my day, the market was at, you know, seven or 8,000. All right. So now the market's at 29,000. So these three, 400 point moves are not as dramatic as it once right. was, but it's still, we still have the same reaction to it. So- you're correct about, you know, watching it on a daily basis, trying to time the market is probably not going to be a very successful method. and It's probably going to make it very um, unenjoyable. Which actually now alleviates a little bit of stress. If you're listening and you're new, you don't have to worry about timing it. Yeah. So right? there's a lot of instruments out there that you can use that don't require um, a lot of buying and selling. You're, you're investing in, so say, an index. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to invest in the S&P index. That can Which be, is top 500 companies. That's top 500 companies. So there's a good mixture there. A lot of diversification. Um, and you can easily monitor it. Every day they report the S&P. Yeah. So step one, if you're going to DIY this, go to a brokerage account like a... You can do a Schwab and you can do um, some of the online brokerage. Uh, a lot of them... You know, it, if you could do a little bit of research, some of them are for the traders. So, you know, they're they're going they're bragging about how much their price per share is, you know, that they trade. But if you're not going to be a trader, then that's not really relevant. So you want to look at the account fee. OK. Yeah. And then you want to make sure you're getting what you want out of it. So if you want to pay um, a broker to help you uh, make sure that, you know, that's what you're getting. You're getting the help you want. And OK. If, um, if you. If you're not interested and you feel like you can do your own research, don't pay for a broker because you will pay for it. If you get an investment advisor, it's going to cost you more. Okay. So you just open up one of these online accounts? Hopefully a retirement, you know. Yeah. So use one of the vehicles that, that are accessible. Sure. Yeah. Um, whether it's through your work or independent or both. Um, you, it's Those are, you know, grow tax deferred and that's always a yeah. good thing. And then some key things to look at if you're doing something above and beyond your 401k or 403b. Um, key things to look for is what? If you're doing something outside a tax account, you want to look at taxes. So if you do buy and sell, you will pay taxes. And that that's something you need to consider. It's like, oh, Apple went up 20 points today. I want to sell. Well, you're, you're going to cut your profit probably 30, 40%. So. But you don't even really suggest buying those single companies anyhow, do Depending you? on the... the 
the amount of money that you have to go into the market? Let's say let's say a minimal amount. Let's say the very newbie two thousand dollars. Yeah, say. let's say that. Yeah, you would it would really discourage someone from taking a flyer on a stock. Yeah, it, um, and unless you're telling me, you know what, Elaine, I don't care. In a year from now, it goes down to zero. I don't care. That then I would say. You're saying, I don't care if it goes down to zero. Yeah, I'd go say, fine, right? yeah, let's let's buy whatever crazy stock you want to buy. But if you're saying, no, I don't want to lose this $2,000. I don't mind if it takes a while for it to take off, but I don't want to lose it. Then you want to look at these. They've got great vehicles. ETFs are a great way to invest. And in. you just have to research ETFs. Which one do you like? Do you yeah. want to, I like tech. I believe in tech. I think, you know, um, or I you know, I'm a little afraid of the, the tech market. It's a little too volatile for me. I want a dividend-paying stock. or, You know, so find your risk tolerance, and that's where either you use books or magazines or you use a broker, but you need to find out your risk tolerance. Yeah, yeah. You might have $2,000, and next year you put in another two, and you do something a little different with it. So it's not as intimidating. Don't fear that I'm going to do this wrong, because you won't. Start off slow. Do the research, look up ETFs. You know, maybe get uh, either do it with a broker or do it through magazines or online articles. Um, there's there's a lot of vehicles now for there people. There really is, yeah. yeah. And find out what is best for you. Are you going to be doing it in a tax-deferred account? Are you going to be doing it in a personal account? Is this money for a house that I want to buy in two years? Well, then mm-hmm. don't go in the market. That That's a common mistake is people are like, oh, well, I've been saving for a house I'm just, it's sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> so I'm going to put it in the market till in the, and then pull it out in two years. Well, in two years, as you know, things can change. Yeah. So that's not a good idea. But if you can tell me that your time horizon is, is your, this is your money to invest for the future, then, yeah. then I feel comfortable putting it into the market. And explaining to someone that they, there is volatility. No volatility will get you savings account rates. Oh, good okay. point. Yeah. You want that. Yeah, if you want to make sure that in two years that that $2,000 is still there perfectly, mm-hmm. then you're going to take the 1.5% CD rate That's what or treasury rate. That's what you're going to get. That's what no volatility will get you. Okay. All right. So you but you're not going to get the 30% or something that the S&P right. did. You know? right. So you're going to miss that. So you need – and that's what I mean about knowledge. Once you understand those, um, it becomes much more simple instead of this mystery – because yeah. I've had girlfriends approach me um, who have had gotten terrible advice. You know, so I think one of them was uh, invested in one of the offshore uh, oil rigs that blew up in the Gulf. I mean, now she's from Rochester. What was she doing in a... Yeah. <laughs> See, and those stories are, yeah. is what scares everybody. And that's a real story. So what's the advice that you give your girlfriends that you would give... Let's start here. Let's. What's the advice that you would give... Someone young, a okay. young female coming out of college, what advice would you give? And then somebody who is, you know, more established. Yes. And that's, you know, so hopefully somebody sits them down and says, well, what is your, um, what do you, what do you look like? Tell me what your financial situation is right now. Well, I already have a house and I've, I've taken care of that. My car is in good shape. I don't need a car. I'd like to start investing. I have a little bit of extra money. Do you perceive that you may need this money in a couple of years? Is this your mad money? Is this your safety net? Mm. Um, or is this your cookie jar money? And um, and that's one thing about women is that women love security as a whole. We are we're, we're nesters, and that's why we should be the investors because we will stash that extra money aside. So if I can find someone that can assure me that this is the nesting money, this is the 
money for the future. Don't they say that women are better at investing? So, you know, investing, trading, you know, there's a lot of different terms in the market, but women are better nesters. Women mm. will make sure that we the cookie the jar money yeah. is, is going in there and we follow the plan. Um, and we'll be, we'll open the statements and um, we'll look at the, you know, find out what the account fee was and stuff. So I think that if you can sit down with someone and find out what exactly, where's this money coming from, then they can feel very safe about it. Mm. You know, you've assured them that you've done the right thing. You've got your car, you, you're invested in your house, um, you're, you are contributing to your 401k at work. Then it's not as scary than just opening up an account and wondering what, what's the goal of it because nobody's asked you or nobody, yeah. you haven't really thought about what the goal was or, oh my goodness, I just invested, our, you know, my emergency funds. You know, they're locked up in, a, in, in the, the market now. Yeah. So I, it, that, I think that will take the scariness out and I think that, and then it makes it kind of fun. There's a lot of women who are listening who just went through a divorce and they weren't the one in the family to run the finances. What advice do you give those women who are now just starting to yes, understand that's, it? And that could be very vulnerable because there's in, in a divorce, there's probably a settlement. So there's probably a chunk of money. Mm-hmm. And I would ask them to be very cautious and to ask, ask questions to drive people crazy uh, because that could be a significant portion of their assets yeah. and it could be very scary and they don't want to blow it and they don't want to lose it. So I would say ask questions till you feel comfortable, become knowledgeable. Yeah. No um, questions, a dumb question. Who cares that you don't know the answer? Ask and, it. And sit quiet. Take a third of it and invest. Keep the other, you know, until yeah. you feel better about them, what you're doing, uh, invest uh, portions of it. Um, you have lots and lots and lots of choices and most people don't realize that. You know, that's, and did you take care of all the other little things that you have to take care of now that you are in charge of all the finances and it all falls on you? Do you have money in case the roof leaks or the yeah. air conditioning breaks or your car needs to be replaced? Do you have that money accessible? And I, I think if you walk in, sometimes um, brokers don't ask the right questions. They, they move a little too fast and they, they put you in the market too quick. Mm-hmm. So take your time yeah. and, and uh, ask a lot of questions. All right, let's switch it up a little bit because you are Elaine Del Monte. <laughs> so you are all about fashion, beauty. When you walk into a room, it just lights up. Can you give us advice? Because a lot of women, me included, sometimes are not as secure as, you know, that power outfit or what to wear. And, and I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in the power outfit. I think it um, when you... When you know that you are comfortable in the clothes you're wearing, the clothes you're wearing is making the statement that you wanted it to make, you will come across like that. So back into the business world now, um, I was a big believer in in the overall first impression image. And in the 90s, let's say that there wasn't a, a lot of women in investing. Um, it you, you were definitely in the minority in the office. Yeah. And so, you, you know, I, I spent a lot of time understanding that. Um, and it may not be as a popular concept, but I believed in, I pulled my hair back. I never wore it loose and flowy. I didn't wear big earrings. I never wanted to distract from the fact that I was in there as a business person trying to make a presentation. I kept my outfit crisp, clean, you know, very powerful statement, but not, um, maybe not too 
flowery. And do you still follow that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So if I, I did a lot of charity work and um, so I'm very conscious of when I walk into um, a charity meeting, what, what am I trying to say on this board? What, what, what's okay. my statement here? So is my, is my jewelry conservative? Is, um, are my clothes, clothing, you know, presenting the kind of outfit that takes it serious. Like if this is on, you know, Bavona and it's abused women, you know, what is my statement? And I, and I believe in that. And I think that there's, there's yeah. a lot to that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now when you, let's say you're going to ask something from the boss, yes. because that's a scenario that we've all been in. Yes. What would you wear? What's that perfect outfit? Yeah. So for me, it would be, it would be the, the good old fashioned suit. Mm-hmm. And nothing um, to gimmicky, and sensible good shoes, sensible purse, uh, and I think you come in um, feeling strong. Your va- your favorite conservative outfit, but probably making sure that you have in your um, skill set the ability to ask your boss for that raise, and the ability to talk it through with him. So. I think what the biggest mistake um, can be when we go in for that raise or that job is we don't talk with them about it and confirm it. So let's say, you know, I'm going to give you a raise of $12,000 and you're going to say $12,000. Now that asks, that it puts it back on your boss to respond back. Was that too much? Is that too little? Is that, you know, uh-huh. you want to take a little bit charge of the conversation. You don't want to just sit there and absorb a number. Give it back to him. See what he says. Well, maybe 15000 Which is hard for us, <laughs> yeah. right? Because we're always like, wait a minute. They, we take it personally. Oh, yeah. And and we're, and he, and he the boss is going, well, how did she perceive that? You j- I just threw a number at her, and I didn't get anything back. Throw it back on him. Make him respond. Mm. you got to take that emotion out. That's the one lesson I learned. I didn't realize I was doing it, where company decisions were being made. And for some reason, I was taking it personally. Like, why are they doing this? And my husband's like, he works here, too. It's like, why are you do? It's a business. They're not. They, it doesn't affect you, really. You right. have no control. And I think as women, we do that, right? We tend to just. I think it, um, we may have a tendency to wear our emotions a little bit yeah. on yeah. our sleeve, and we can empower that. We can channel that back into positive energy. Mm. So take the nervousness and the emotion and put it back in positive energy, because. I think that that impresses more than anything. If you yeah. come in as a can-do, positive person, I'm an asset to your company. I'm not a problem. I'm an asset. Uh, and I think that they feed on that. They get excited. Yeah. You know, it, positive energy is contagious. So if you can come in with that and you can project that, I think your, your boss is going to be affected by it as well. And, and if you could do that every day, come in a little bit early is uh, stay a little bit later. They said it's not as popular as it was in my day. My day, we probably overdid it um, because I was at work at 6.30 in the morning, every morning. Oh, you couldn't have uh, a life outside of work back in the day, right? No, (laughs) Especially as a woman. And that was kind of the thing to, in those days, was was more popular, I think, than it is now. I think um, balance is more popular now. But in my day, yes, you know, there's a bunch of us hard chargers. We'd get up and we'd run in the morning, and then we were at work by 6.30. We were hard chargers. And there was no lunch. 
you know, this is Wall Street, you know, days, lunches for wimps, you know, there was no lunch. There was, you know, we were hard chargers. And, and that was, that was the, the theme. Gosh, how it's changed. I think it has and, and balance is good. It's good though, it's good. right? It's good. It's not my style. I've come from a different era. Well, um, you're so used to that. <laughs> it's, uh, but I, I understand it now. Yeah. I, I do yeah. understand it and I um, support that as well. But uh, it was fun. I have to admit, it was a lot of fun, this hard charger. Yeah. Aggressive, you know, just um, we were all in there, yeah. super excited to blow the top off everything. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It was and now you're fun. super excited to hang out with your grandbabies. Yep. Now I'm a grandma. <laughs> and put that hard charging attitude into that. Done. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. That's, uh, and I, I do miss the sales world. It's, um, I encourage women to think about it. It's sales is fun. Women are good nurturers. They're, they're supportive. They're friendly. They're chatty. Those are all perfect traits. Yeah. You know, if you find yourself in a job um, and, and wondering where, you know, maybe there's a change or something for you, sales is unlimited. Sales is, uh, you can make as much money as you want, and, and it, it can be a really fun career. Yeah. All right. Can you leave us with your smart money strategy, something that you personally do that we could follow? Yeah, I believe uh, time in the market, not trying to time the market. Mm. And I believe, um, you know, if you consistently invest, there's never been a historical piece where you lost money in the market if you go over 10 years and 20 years and stuff and, and have confidence in that. And so if you have knowledge in that, you understand that putting money in the market over time, you will do well. Elaine Del Monte, thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. She's awesome. I love her. Okay, moving from one very successful, influential woman to the next, founder and CEO of the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, Gail Yego, will be on the next episode of Seven Figures. Next week, we're going to be off, so maybe you can take time to scroll back and listen to some episodes you may have missed. But when we're back on the 28th, from now until the 28th, think about what you really, truly enjoy doing. And Gail is going to be here to teach you how to make money from that. Okay, now like we do at the end of every episode, we raise a glass, wishing you a very happy Valentine's Day and cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Seven Figures podcast. Smart money strategies for women. Seven Figures is brought to you by Advantage. Need money? Apply for the Advantage Low Rate Home Equity Line or loan today.